0: Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate, Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Adam Miller and today I'm joined by Gaby Mackay. On today's pod we'll be discussing Kyle Lafferty, Liam Miller and the effect that European football might have on the title race. So Kyle Lafferty was in the press today talking about why his second spell at Rangers was a flop He refused to point the finger at Stephen Gerrard, instead holding his hands up and admitting that it was down to his unimpressive performances in training. Lafferty said, I would have liked to be asked to do more, to have had more game time, but that was down to the manager. He watched me every day in training and I'll be the first to hold my hand up and admit I'm not the best trainer. My performances in training and in games are night and day. The manager has judged me in training and clearly that's prevented me getting more games The reality now is that I won't wear that blue jersey again or play for that incredible support and it's a horrible feeling. I'm just scunnered that I've had to leave without saying goodbye to those fans who've been great with me. Gaby, Lafferty's 31 years old and in all likelihood the move this time last year to Rangers was probably his last big one. Is it an acceptable excuse for him to say I'm better during games than I am during training? No,
1: I think at any level, a manager will pick players who perform well on the training ground. You can't just go, ah, boss, I'll, I'll do it on the night, do you know what I mean? So, no, it's it's a very strange thing for him to come out with, especially being a 31-year-old. You'd think he'd have enough experience now to know that you have to actually try in training if you're going to get picked. I mean, he says there that he knows Gerard didn't pick him because he wasn't performing in training. Well, why, why didn't he start bothering his arse in training then yeah. um, to try and force him to pick him? I think if you look at his career, the amount of clubs he's been at, sort of all over the world, he's been to Switzerland, he's been in Italy, he's been in England, he's been at Hearts, he's been you know everywhere, so I think that's indicative of a guy who maybe isn't the most, the most dedicated on the training ground, and perhaps off the pitch, if we're to believe some previous statements that have been made about him going to Milan to look for women. <laughs> uh, Haven't we all? Yes, of course, yeah, so... No, I think I think there's 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 no there's no excuse there's no there's no validity to what he's saying, and it's a very strange thing to come out with because if I was a manager, uh, I don't think I'd be hugely keen to sign a player who's basically saying, "Well, I'll, I'll be rubbish in training, but if you let me on the pitch,
0: I'll do it." Yeah, I think as well, I don't think Gerard was overly critical of Lafferty in the press. I think Gerard, you know, said he was a a good character to have around and all that kind of thing. I don't think Gerard was too specific in terms of where it went wrong. And obviously Lafferty's held his hands up, which is, that's great, you know, that he can acknowledge what the problem is. But as you say, at 31 years old, you'd think that, you know, you'd be able to work on that problem. It's the sort of thing you hear about with young players where maybe a big move doesn't work out for them because they've, they've got their big move and they've maybe got the wrong attitude about it. But at Lafferty's stage in his career, you'd think he'd know better. Do you think that, When he does look back in his career, say four or five years from now, when it comes to an end, do you think he'll he will have the kind of self-awareness to wonder if he might have done more with a different attitude?
1: Listening to that interview, I wouldn't say so. It doesn't really smack of self-awareness. I mean, if if you want to call self-awareness, I'm not very good in training (laughs) self-awareness, then fine. But the you know the thing there of uh, I'm saying that he'll performing in games, uh, I think it's just completely. If you do, if you don't train hard, if you don't train at your best, you're not going to be at your best in the games, and your manager's not going to pick you. Uh, he's had a he's had a decent career. I mean, for for a guy who is a fairly limited footballer, you know he's he's earned some decent money. He's played in the Euros for his national team, as I said previously. He's sort of seen a, bits of the world like Milanese nightclubs, (laughs) allegedly. Um, But no, I'm... Uh, yeah, I think I think he's probably the kind of guy who will look back at his career and say, "Well, I did all right." I mean, it's a bit of the not to the same extent, but it's a bit of the you know the Derek Riordan thing, where yeah. every couple of years he pops up in a newspaper saying, oh, "I don't know why I can't get a club," and it's mm-hmm. like, "Well, the reason you can't get a club is because of because of your attitude." Obviously, Lafferty's not the same as that. He's had he's had a decent career, as I said, for a, a limited footballer, but I don't
0: think he's the kind of he doesn't seem particularly like the self reflective type to me. No. It seems like a, an almost a throwback. This attitude that um, you know, I'm I'm not the best trainer, but I can do it. I can guarantee you, I'll do it every Saturday for you. That seems like a kind of throwback to an older generation. Is is that kind of mentality completely dying out in the game?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think if you look at the, the fitness standards that you have these days, the the nutrition standards, uh, I think uh, certainly at a higher level things are a lot more tactical. And let's face it, it's Kyle Lafferty. I mean, if Diego Maradona in the 80s, you know, sort of says, look, I've had two hours sleep, but I'll do it for you on the pitch. You might, you might give him a bit of leeway because yeah. he's Diego Maradona, but I think it's fair to say, and I think Kyle Lafferty would even have to agree that he ain't Diego
0: Maradona. No, no. So, uh, yeah. He, he might he might be every bit as fun off the pitch as Diego Maradona.
1: Oh, he absolutely might be. I mean, I'm sure Kyle Lafferty would be a great laugh on a night
0: out. Yeah. Um, especially, but he'd probably have training the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lafferty himself, he's talked about what happens next and, and potentially uh, a return to hearts, which he's open to. Um, do you think he'd still do a job there if he went back there? I think he certainly
1: could do a job. He certainly he did well in his first spell. You'd think he's the kind of guy who would work well alongside Naismith if Naismith played just often. But didn't didn't Craig Levine say that he wasn't going to be signing him back when there was the talk about him getting released? So there's maybe a little bit of bad blood there from the way the way he left. I don't think, um, certainly Hearts fans, I don't think were too happy with the way he left. Although, looking back on it, they got, what was it, 300,000, 400,000 for him for a guy who went to Rangers and did nothing. So in yeah. hindsight, it's, it turned out to be a pretty good deal. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean I'd have to double check but as far as I'm aware I think Levine said that he wouldn't be bringing him back uh, quite unequivocally so It'd be unlike
0: Craig Levine to have fallen out with anyone <laughs> yes well exactly yeah so one player who is returning for a second spell at a club is Liam Miller um, the Liverpool youngster completed his return to Kilmarnock on a one year loan today he spent the second half of last season on loan at Rugby Park and made a positive impression in his 14 appearances he scored a, a very late winner against St Mirren um Gaby, are you pleased to see him back? Yeah, I think um I think all Commander fans will be pleased to see him back. He
1: mostly came off the bench last season, but he certainly looked very promising. He's very quick. Uh, he looks looks to be a, a skillful player. He can play either out wide or through the middle. We more saw him sort of wide on the left under, under Clark last season. Uh, as you say, popped up with that late winner against St Mirren on what was possibly the most dreich and wet day in Scottish history. Hmm. Uh, if, especially if you were sitting behind the goals at St Mirren Park, where the rain was just blowing right into it. But you know that's hmm. just my own bitter, bitter <laughs> memories, Vietnam style flashbacks. Um, but no, um, I think he's he's someone who obviously enjoyed his time at the club, or he wouldn't be coming back. It's uh, I think he's certainly he's highly rated in the Liverpool youth system. I believe he's already a Canadian international. Now okay, it's Canada, but uh, at the age of only 19, that's that's pretty good. Yep. And yeah, I think he's a, he's a promising player and uh, an exciting signing and the fact he's going to be there for for the full season you think w- would help that uh, it's not that he's going to be having to go down the road in 6 months. Uh, yeah, and he's an honest lad as well because I met him in a bar after the last game of the season. I'd like to stress that to Liam's family that he wasn't drinking. <laughs> um, the game against Rangers where he scored and it was flagged offside and I asked him if it was offside and he said yes, and that's the only footballer I've ever met, junior or professional, who's ever admitted that they might have been offside <laughs> when they had a the goal disallowed.
0: Um, so you talked about the fact that it's a one-year loan and the significance of that. That's obviously quite a vote of confidence uh, from Kelly and... Uh, Liverpool being prepared to let him go for a year, they they obviously know they'll be getting, or they hope they'll be getting a better player back. Um, do you think that Alessio will have watched the performances for, uh, that he had under Steve Clark last season and utilise him in the same way? Or do you, can you see Alessio being the type of guy that's like, we'll try something different with him?
1: Well, um, it's difficult to say. I think... He'll definitely have watched his performances from last season. I mean, the rumours about him coming back, I think, came out about two weeks ago. Now, it's maybe gone through now because we're getting close to the end of the English transfer window. So maybe, I don't know, maybe there was some English interest. But certainly when it was initially reported, it was basically that Liverpool were happy for him to go back. He was happy for him to go back and they just needed the final sort of okay from Alessio. So if he's gone there, I'd assume that means Alessio's certainly watched him, watched his performances from last season. So, yes, I'd imagine he'll he'll use him in a similar role because certainly he played on the left last season he came in for for Jordan Jones in the second half of the season after Jones had signed for Rangers and uh, didn't really perform after that I think it's probably fair to say apart from the time he scored against Rangers just immediately after signing for them uh, at the moment there isn't really a sort of left winger in the squad. Uh, Rory McKenzie's played there, but he's, I mean, he's a sort of a bit of a jack of all trades, master of none, <laughs> for, with all due respect to Rory, who I'm sure is a, a nice guy, but I mean, he, he's not even left footed, you know, he's a, certainly, yeah. he's a guy, yeah, whatever cliches you want, you know, he'll give you six out of 10 every week. He's, mm-hmm. He'll work his socks off, all that <laughs> stuff, but he's not really, really top quality. So I think it's good to to add a player who can have, you know, a, it can be a bit of a difference maker, I think. Mm-hmm. If you, certainly if you look at his performances last season, what he showed in, in little glimpses, he certainly looked good every time he came on.
0: Yeah. And uh, what other areas, if any, do you think Alessio needs to strengthen before the end of the window?
1: I think the big priority is certainly getting a more creative player, whether a sort of attacking midfielder or a second striker, that was a big part of the problem in the second half of last season after Greg the Snake left. <laughs> um, he really provided a lot of creativity, um, he set up a lot of uh, goals for Raymond Brophy. If you look at Brophy's record last season, a lot of his goals were scored in the first half of the season when when Stewart was there, uh, it was more sort of penalties and the, the odd free kick after that. Uh, so I think he needs a more creative presence behind him. You'd maybe be looking to get another centre back in. There's there's three there just now. You've got uh, Alex Bruce, Stuart Finlay, and Kirk Broadfoot, who are all are all good performers. Uh, are all decent enough, but you know, going through a whole campaign with with three centre backs isn't ideal. I mean, Gary Dicker can fill in there, but he's he's more of a midfielder. And yeah, perhaps someone on the right wing because although Chris buck has been great since uh, joining the club, he is I think 34 now, so he'll need a bit of a rest. And again, the backup to him, you know, you've got Dom Thomas there who uh, was on loan. Uh, completely slipped my mind who he was on loan with last season, where I think he, he did well, but he's he, I'm not sure he's cut out for this level. Uh, so possibly, possibly a right winger, a centre back, and but most crucially would be a bit more of a creative presence. Greg Kelly's. Come in, and he's done all right, but he, he's he's had some bad injuries, and he hasn't really looked like the same player since then. Clark didn't really use him last season. He went on loan to Morton in the second half of last season, and you know, being a killer youth product, people obviously want him to do well and hope he can get back to the player he was. But I think you'd certainly
0: like someone who's a bit more of a a guarantee to come in there. You touched on your pal Greg Stewart there. Um, was there a part of you during or at the end of the Kilmarnock Rangers game at the weekend that, as a Kilmarnock fan, thought? You know what? I've got my tribal allegiances, but I have to say, as as a pair of former players, it brings me happiness to watch Greg Stewart and Jordan Jones leave here with the three points. No, I'm a small and petty man, and there was a, <laughs> there was none there was none of that.
1: Um, Jones Jones didn't bother me as much, you know. He, he I mean, he ran his contract down, and okay, his performances went great after he signed for Rangers, but he's a guy who came in, signed a three year contract, he did well in those three mm-hmm. years, and he got a move, which. Uh, you know his family's northern Ireland. i think his dad's a rangers fan so that's obviously a big move for him you know i, I wouldn't personally grudge him that that's not necessarily the same view among all Comarnock fans no. but i don't particularly grudge him that move i think Stuart, what really sort of upped people with Stuart was that he had a season long long loan deal which then got cut cut short and then he went to he obviously went to aberdeen and things didn't Work out there mm-hmm. well as they hadn't when he'd been on loan there the season before. So yeah. who knew what could have happened? So <laughs> I think the certainly I think there's a the reason there's a, a bit of a difference between Stewart and Jones is I think that that's the it's the snake aspect. I think yeah. I'm not sure Jones behaved in a snaky manner. <laughs> I think he just signed for someone else, whereas Greg yeah. the Snake was a bit snaky. <laughs> well, obviously
0: that's a like, uh, nominative determinism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, jo- when when Jones uh, uh, agreed the the contract with Rangers back in January um, he, he made that stupid mistake of tweeting out we are the people um, you, said, you said that obviously some Kilmarnock fans maybe haven't let that go do you think that was just a case of a guy just being a daft wee laddie one of those kind of moments getting a bit overexcited
1: yeah I mean I think with it's with all due respect to the red car Ronaldo <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, so I think Jones is known for not being the sharpest tool in the box, yeah. uh, So and obviously I think that was on the day of the club's 150th anniversary, oh, yeah. so Very tweeting accessible. out, yeah, we are the people didn't go down too well, although when he scored the winner against Rangers, it then yeah. did lead to chance of we are the people, which was quite <laughs> funny. Uh, I think more of the people who have this issue with him is that he didn't, uh, I I don't actually believe he wasn't trying in the second half of last season, but certainly his form dropped yeah. off, I think maybe his head was just elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think the last three or four games of the season, uh, Clark basically just dropped him from the squad. So clearly, yeah. his, his head wasn't wasn't right. I, I I find it difficult to believe. You know, football fans are always ah they're not trying hard enough. I I find it. I'm not saying it mm-hmm. never happens, but I find it difficult to believe that footballers aren't trying. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I don't for a second think he wasn't trying in the second half of last season. But I think there's there's a perception that it's you know once he'd signed that contract to Ibrox, his head from, was maybe turned about, yeah,
0: um, do, do you agree with uh, Alessio that during that game against Rangers at the weekend, although it was a defeat in the end, there were encouraging signs?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it was very much like like the performances against Rangers under Clark last season. Kelly were very organised, hard to break down, uh, obviously got the equaliser. Um, Brophy should have scored as well. Had a few sort of I wouldn't say big chances, but sort of uh, I don't know how, what. How would you describe it? sort of openings where they just a the final ball's not quite right. But certainly second half, I thought, uh, come on, were are good. I thought probably what well, they have a point in the end of the game. I'm sure I'll be getting tweets from Rangers fans about that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, if you look at a game against uh, a much a much hyped a much touted Rangers team, you lose a goal to you lose basically to two. St- terrible bits of defending on set pieces I think that's an encouraging sign especially after we know what happened in the Europa League and especially after the the sort of widespread writing off of Alessio among I mean you know if you just I mean avoid fan forums at all costs because <laughs> it's full of moon howlers. but if you went on the Comarnock forum there were certainly uh, a few people calling for the manager to be sacked after that Connors Key game and you know we've seen some some media articles as well on a similar yeah. Line so yeah I think I think it's encouraging signs it's, it's early days yeah I wouldn't read too much into it either mm-hmm. way to be honest I mean you can't sit here and go well everything will be fine now because it's one game but yeah.
0: certainly encouraging I thought you talked about getting angry tweets from Rangers fans but we all know it's Hearts fans that you've completely alienated yes I uh, yes <laughs> yes we won't, don't need to go into I'm not that. welcoming Gorgie <laughs> uh, so Aberdeen Celtic and Rangers are all in European action this week with Celtic having laid down a marker in the title race by beating St Johnstone 7-0 do you think and this is a question that was posed earlier today by our editor right do you do you think there are rangers fans who would not necessarily forfeit getting to the group stage but would would live with it if it meant that they were fresher if the if it meant that the players were fresher for the league i
1: think yeah, I think there's I think there's an element of that. Obviously, as a fan, you want your team to do as well as possible. You 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 know you want to go on those European away trips, like my glamorous trip to Real. Uh, <laughs> but you know you want you want to have you want to have those those big European nights at yeah, Ibrox. Yeah, yeah. But in the overall grand scheme of thing, I mean Rangers ain't going to win the Europa League. And I think, especially being in the Europa League, when you're playing that Thursday night game, I think it does take more of a toll on a squad than it necessarily does playing in the Champions League. Obviously, yeah. you're, if you get to the Champions League group stage, you're obviously playing against better opponents. But if you're doing like Thursday Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you have a long trip like to Russia, as Rangers did a couple of times last season, yeah. take a look out of the squad. Uh, you'd probably say that Rangers squad depth isn't perhaps as good as Celtic's. I know Celtic are very thin in some areas, such you know right back for example. But the Rangers squad is perhaps less adapted to cope with that. But I guess overall, if you're a Rangers fan, then yeah, you want you want your team to do as well as possible. Uh, in all competitions, but then on the flip side of that, it, it's all about stopping Celtic getting to nine and eventually ten, isn't yeah. it? I mean, I think that's the real, the real, the real quiz for for Rangers fans. You know, um, I appreciate that reference. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, obviously, they'd be delighted to say win a cup um, and have a, a decent run in Europe. But if 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 and we can't do this because it's not how football works, but if it could be offered, tell you what, you're going to be knocked out by Mitchell and. And you won't win either of the cups, but this season, uh, Rangers or Pep Celtic—the league—I think every Rangers fan would take that right away.
0: Yeah, um, is having—you know—we're talk, talking about you know avoiding fatigue by maybe not reaching the group stages of the Europa League, but as like Kelly cleverly did, yeah, it was it was smart. So maybe, maybe this sort of feeds into what I was about to ask. I mean, is is having less figure, fixtures always an advantage in terms of domestic football? Or is there an argument to be made that a successful cup or European run gives sort of instills a sense of confidence that outweighs any potential fatigue? If you're on that winning, you know that winning run, does that mentality become more important?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's it's a good question actually. Yeah, um, you know they do say that winning breeds winning, and absolutely, I think I mean I think it probably did give Rangers a big boost last season when they when they got to the Europa League group stage, which I don't think uh, I don't think many. People, including Rangers fans, were expecting, but I think I suppose the difference is for the Scottish teams that they have to start so early yeah. that it, you know eventually whatever psychological boost it gives you, winning games and having those great nights, eventually your physicality is gonna is gonna yeah. g- get on top of that. You know, I mean, look at look at our, our team starting in Europe in in July when the season finished in May, and a lot of the players were playing Scotland games in June. Yeah. I think to have to have that kind of that kind of amount of time that you're playing eventually that will catch up to you and it'll probably will override what I'm sure is a huge mental boost to, to
0: get mm-hmm. it. and presumably that kind of uh, need to stay sharp at all times is why Gerard felt that he couldn't trust someone like Lafferty this season you know if if they're going to have X amount of fixtures um, they're going to need guys that are consistently at the top of their game in terms of fitness and if you're not pulling your weight at training
1: yeah absolutely mm. and the if you're gonna compete in three competitions as you say you can't have guys who aren't doing it in training and then you you know oh put me in in a big europa league game and i'll yeah. do it on the night well you can't trust them just to do that mm-hmm. and obviously it's i think partly about standards if you want to be a club that's competing in well, what four competitions with the two competition cup competitions here the league and the europa league if you want to be competing across four competitions you can't have players who don't do it on the training ground yeah. just even because of the message it sends never mind their performances
0: It does sound like a Lafferty headline, though. Lafferty caught doing it on the training (laughs) (laughs) grounds. Yeah, I mean, one of those would be more surprising than the other one of those interpretations. That is definitely an on that note moment. So on that note, on that bombshell, on that bombshell that's all from us here at football scotland for today we'll be back tomorrow before 4 p.m just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable you can get more from us at the football scotland website or our social media channels on facebook and twitter at football underscore scott to ask a question or make a comment to us individually you can get me on at old firm facts one and gaby on at gaby Mackay. until tomorrow thanks for listening